Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Badger Watch podcast, the podcast all about county cricket, um, run by Cricket11. Well, the conversation is run by Cricket11.com, which is the fantasy cricket game of our choice. We are now on to the blast, the T20 blast, of which we've had a racing start. Chaps, how have we all got on in the first round? Howard, you're top of the league, I think, aren't you? Somehow, yeah. I think it's fair to say none of us have, have covered ourselves in glory and we should we should probably have, have stuck to the four-day game. But um, I think I had about 800 points from round one, which, which managed, to, managed to get to the summit of the Badgers' table. Well, we've You'd got... swap it all for a lead in the Jambo, wouldn't you? <laughs> Been working on one as well for you. Run through the league table here. We've got Bears Blasters, which are obviously Howard's team, on 930. Spenny 20, which is my team. I'm on 895. Brian May saved the Badger T20, which is Hugh's team, obviously, 780. And then Wackett Chevaliers, Chev's team, on 342. This is a real, <laughs> this is a real tennis table. Oh, our own Leicestershire. <laughs> you said I've, it was bad. taken on your awards, Spenny, in the... Uh... Funny, I think. We're going to have um, to take away his first-class status. <laughs> yeah, where's it going wrong? Uh, well, I think half my team wasn't even played, but I only found out after the um, uh, selection uh, uh, closed, as in the, the round it started, that yeah. half the team weren't actually playing this round or the second round. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so basically, um, that's me done for the season after uh, probably two games or so. Uh, with the limited changes that he can make uh, round per round. But Howard, can, Howard knows that he can actually go um, uh, and, and make those trades uh, halfway through round anyway uh, to, for the next round or something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, no, it was terrible. I, I can't even remember who did actually all right for me. But uh, just to give you an indication, I think uh, I had Chris Jordan in my team, but he was formerly still a Sussex player. Uh, happened to be my captain as well. Probably picked up like six points in total, and that was including doubling the points. So uh, that's sort of where uh, I went wrong, I think, uh, for the uh, first round or two. Just and, to yeah, the, um... very little hope of getting uh, salvaging this one. Really. <laughs> Just to get the player, the player stats for the, the last couple of rounds or games uh, last week, I suppose is. Sterling, obviously, with his 100 in the first round, is on 400 points. Brooke, Harry Brooke carrying on his form, 363. And you've got people like Hogan, Rizwan, Northeast, Ryan Higgins, Coughlin, Lynn, Eskenazi. They're sort of the top 10 players. Anyone got any of them in their team? No, none of us. No. Interesting. No. I think uh, that's a clear message we should be sticking to the Red Bull. I think you're right. I think um, any anyone stood out for anyone apart from, I mean, Sterling's 100 is, was phenomenal. He hit 34 off and over, uh, hit the last ball for four, I think, which was possibly pretty annoying for him. But, I mean, games of the last week, what do you, what do you guys reckon? Oh, it's got to be the Roses, hasn't it? Friday night, full house at Old Trafford on the telly, and uh, big Rick Gleeson pulled it out the bag, bowled a in swigging low, shin high full toss and hit Harry Brook on the pad to secure a tie. It was yeah. uh, it was a great finish, and uh, two two really strong sides. Like the, the, I I I would say those two sides would cope. Maybe IPL might be a stretch, but in any of the big franchise competitions in the world, I think those sides that they put out with uh, the internationals playing, I think would be absolutely fine in any of the franchise tournaments. Yeah, I mean, who was who? Who were the international players? 
So Lanks had uh, Salt, Jennings, Livingston, Tim David, and ooh, I think that's that's all Parkinson. the internationals. Parkinson, well, yeah, Parkinson will play more international cricket. And then uh, Yorkshire, you had Lithe, Milan, uh, Root, Brook, um, Rashid, Shadab Khan, and Harris Ralph. And I might have even forgotten one. It was um, it was a fantastic game of cricket with some unbelievable names. I think that Lanks batting lineup, if Salt, Livingston, and David come off, they could get 300. <laughs> unbelievable hitters in that side. <laughs> David got another 60 on, perhaps it was on Sunday, didn't he? Um, off 24 yeah. balls or something went went berserk again. But he, he did say hits a long ball, doesn't he? He's a big, big rig, isn't he? Yeah. He's a rooster. Arguably, <laughs> stronger teams almost, and they would be able to put out in the hundreds, uh, which is oh, interesting in May. Oh, political, political. Mm-hmm. Careful, mm-hmm. careful, careful. Um, I think this, the problem I have with these rounds, with this, is that they're not in rounds, and I, I can't keep up in terms of getting my actual fantasy team right. Because at the moment you think you can go in and change your team, you realise another round's just begun. So that's always quite difficult. I think... Um, yeah, the Champo League table looks like you can't keep up there as well, Spin. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know why you're I, laughing, Chad? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll get there by round four or five. I, I, I should have sorted my team out, so it should be okay. Um, who, looking at the blast table... Is it north and south, isn't it? They've split it into mm. so Birmingham have played 3 1 3. Um, so a, going... a name to watch out for on the Birmingham side, Chris Benjamin has just started oh, yeah. smashing it everywhere. He's the all rounder, uh, he's, he's a batter, he's, batter. Yeah, he's, batter. he's not a bowler, he's a part time keeper. Having played, clang, drop a name, and having played league cricket against him, his evolution into T20 mega whacker has gone incredibly quickly. I think we will see him in franchise cricket around the world, PSL, CPL, oh in no time. He hit. I think it was it was Benjamin, wasn't it, Hugh, last year that in the space of a month or so had scored a 100 on first-class debut, hit 60 on his blast debut and 60-odd on 100, yeah. 100 debut as well. That, yeah. How old is he? Past. Early 20s. Early Can 20s, you imagine that? Like you're on, you know, you're on a small-time contract at a county, you then smash a quick 50 or 100 is it and then suddenly you'll get you're earning relative I'm, big bucks in I, I would even go so far as to say i'm not sure he was contracted by warwickshire at the start of the summer i don't know that for sure it might that might be spice but definitely 100 team was he he was drafted in as a yeah and, and i think that was you know the the setup with having four uh different formats going on at the same time you had People being drafted in from the 50 over comp who did well, which is sort of yeah. almost quasi second teams. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's one of them, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Benjamin, 40, he got 43 against Derby off 18 balls. He's hit one four, but five sixes. That's he's 23, Benjamin. Um, but uh, uh, what's encouraging is he's coming from the England Academy of South Africa. So something to look forward to if we're getting our academy players coming through from South Africa again. Lovely stuff. Middlesex at the top of the South table. Um, they've got, I mean, they haven't got a well-beating team. They've obviously got uh, Morgan, but they, then they've got Eskenazi, Holden, Cracknell, Anderson, Davies, Simpson. They're just a, look a decent outfit at the moment because they've struggled in the last couple of years, haven't they? Mm, they've been pretty um, weak. Eskenazi had a very good last summer last year. Good player. Um, and I think that Luke Coleman 
Leggy looks like a, a decent blast um, signing there. Who's the Who's the Leggy that they've had? Souter, isn't it? That they've had Souter. for the last two years. Who I'm not sure. Yeah. It's, does he get a run out anymore? Perhaps not. But Holman, that's a bit. Holman's keeping out the team. Bowls is, Bowls is Leggy's. Yeah, I mean they're they're three from three playing at Radlett at the one of the uh, outgrounds we didn't mention the other week. Um, very close to my home club. That is a road uh, Radlett, and it's very small. Um, but presumably they're playing there because of Lords. Um, but yeah, I mean, any anything else? Oh, not to Leicester. They went terribly on Saturday, eighty nine all out against Derbyshire, and then suddenly on Sunday they become well international. Champions League cricket beating um, team. They they beat Leicestershire. What happened there? They beat Yorkshire. Sorry, what happened there? I think that's a massive giant killing. Oh, huge. like it's easy to get swept away with with, with plaudits for that, but I, in the context of the game, the budgets and and the wider sport, that is a huge result. I think it's like one of those FA Cup games, isn't it? You know, when like yeah. it's an Auburn City beat Man United or something. It's it's, it's, I mean, that is incredible because that is what they've done there. So Leicester batted first, got 188 with Ackerman, Patel, Rishi Patel signing from Essex, 250s. And then suddenly Yorkshire, 157. They never really got close. Milan got 50 and that was it. I mean, it you, shows you what, what a lottery it can be 2020 cricket. You take wickets at the right time and no one has a God given right to win games of cricket in that format. Yeah. I mean, do we think it's, um, I mean, the other thing is, is, looking at it though in terms of when we're playing this game and, and when it's happening is how many England test match potential players this for this Thursday are playing in were there, were there a few Joe Root was playing Stokes was playing Crawley Brook there's a there's a there's a left county 11 game which we should actually cover um happening and these guys are playing 2020 cricket is that decent preparation for for Zach Crawley back at the top of the order I think if I was Zach Crawley, I'd rather go and have a look at the New Zealanders with a with a red ball than playing a bit of slap and giggle. Um, Do you think and, he'd be worried that Ben Compton has scored a hundred in the chase? Do you think I, know, I know it's not a first class game. It's got to count for something, isn't it? I'm not sure it changes much. I think Zach Crawley knows he's got to perform, otherwise someone will take his place, be it Compton or or someone else. So I don't I don't think it it changes a huge amount as far as he's concerned. He needs runs and that hasn't changed. Um huge feather in the cap for for Ben Compton, who we spoke about last week as as someone who sort of burst from nowhere to into a run reign of form that you can't you can only ignore for so long. Um so yeah. to do that against a I think it's full strength minus Trent Bolt lineup, wasn't it? I think he's still at the IPL coming back mm. today, but um, had Jameson in there. Wagner was bowling. Southie's bowling. There's a bowling. That it's a proper bowling attack that he was playing against. Like that's that's genuine. They say what chasing two was it two hundred or one hundred and eighty on the last day? Something along those two, lines. Two sixty wasn't it? Two, high two hundreds, I think. That many. Two sixty. Yeah. yeah, they gave up. Yeah. They gave up over a hundred first. Well, a, a decent in the moment. They're on first innings. So yeah, New Zealand three sixty-two to three sixty-two declared for nine. So did all right. And then first class eleven get two hundred and forty-seven all out. And then they bowl out New Zealand in the second innings. One hundred and forty-eight with. Hugh's friend Porter getting Pfeiffer, like you said, Hugh, last week. It's like, come on, we're talking people into form. What does it what more does he need? Was it with him or Cook were you talking about needing more to do getting to England? Cook, Cook has had the better of the last couple of years. Um, but really encouraging to see Jamie Porter back in amongst the wickets. Yeah, Pfeiffer, and then so they chase it down. I just think someone like Zach Crawley must be thinking, 
I'm so annoyed that I wasn't playing in that game. That could have been me getting 150 in the chase. And instead I'm here nicking off outside of stump still in a 2020 game. Um, but I suppose if you're a complete pessimist about it, he could have done him some more harm if he nicked off twice in the county select game. Well, I, I suppose it, <laughs> that's the... Which, which a professional sportsman shouldn't really be looking at things in that mindset. Um, but who knows? Cricket, cricket, as we as we cricketers know, cricket can play funny, funny tricks on the mind. I've been sat waiting to bat, dreading waiting to go out to bat because I've been in such dreadful form before. It's not uncommon. I think my main worry is it, with it is that it, it's almost creating a platform for the, the likes of Crawley or Brooke to fail. If if either of those gets out playing a, an expansive drive or a, a shot that's slightly too attacking at the wrong moment, then I think people are going to look to the fact that we're playing blast cricket three days in the, the week preceding up to the test match and say, what are they doing? Why why should they be here playing cricket? And that's going to be the reason that they they've failed. If, mm. Even if even if they don't play the blast, just get them in the nets, have a have a proper warm up to the test match, and you you take that sort of criticism away. Okay, then maybe they don't score runs, but you can't level the fact that they've not had a, a good decent bit of preparation time. But, but then, if we're talking about preparation, I don't think there have been many first tests of the summer in the last ten years that I can think of where you've had six if not seven first class games to have oh, potentially over 10 first class innings under your belt coming into the first test is unusual i think for our players to to have that kind of preparation yeah and i think that's great but how much of that is now at the back of the mind because they've played three quite last games how much is forgotten and irrelevant interesting interesting i don't know i just think i just think if they snick off for for not many playing a, a loose shot when sorry Hugh. When Crawley snicks off for zero, is that because he played for the Blast in the Blast, or is it as Hugh says because he's just not a very good cricketer? But he snicks off for two, caught Rizwan bold Finn against Sussex the other day. So, you know, different game. He did get he did get some runs in one game in the in the twenty twenties at the weekend. I think we're being a little quick to criticise, and that might have just gave him the freedom he needed. I think it was against the mighty Essex actually. It was actually he got, uh, he got no. no, to be fair, I don't think I think that you know we, I think Crawley's the first person who comes to mind when you think that bit, just because of you know he might count himself a little bit lucky being in the England team, and he hasn't had the best start in the county championship. And Ben Compton has scored eight hundred and forty-eight runs, so he's a very easy case to get on the back of. You then say someone like Brooke, he's you know the second top point scorer in the in the game brooks you know carrying on his form so we're saying why not give him you know let, let him bat more so it is maybe a bit unfair um but i suppose the point is is it's easy to talk about crawley in the context of is 2020 cricket the best preparation for some of these guys when there is a first class you know a non first class four day game going on basically um, it's literally just dawned on me as well that the fact they had that game stripped of first class status, Ben Compton would have had a thousand before the end of May. Yes, he would have, he's got a thousand yeah. Red Bull runs, is sort of not, the, yeah. the, the social media stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is good. I mean, looking at him, looking at the highlights as well, he's very still, doesn't, doesn't move at all before the ball's bowled, and then he just reacts to it. He looks pretty good. But what I will do is we will talking about the state of county cricket and the England team is we have our first guest here in, um, well, everyone might know as Legside Lizzie or Elizabeth Ammon. Um, and she, well, our first guest, actually our second guest after Mr. Cricket 11. Um, here we go. So our second guest ever on the Badger Watch podcast is maybe more mildly exciting than Mr. Cricket 11. It is um, Elizabeth Ammon, who 
you may know her from Twitter on as Legside Lizzie. Her Twitter bio says that she is a sports reporter at the Times, hockey player, spinster of this parish, <laughs> um, fueled by leg spin, tea and shoes. Her views are her own. She doesn't write headlines. I don't write the headlines, no. Lizzie, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I had a mad day at Lords. Busy one. I saw that on your Twitter. Brilliant. And um, do you want to give us a, you know, obviously your Twitter bio has introduced you or I've introduced you there, but do you want to give us a bit more about yourself and, and, and what you do for a living? Um, yeah, I'm a cricket reporter at the Times. Um, I've been doing that for about five years. Prior to that, I was, I was, uh, I worked in government for 20 years, actually. I am um, uh, I uh, had a career change, quite a substantial career change uh, at about 40, midlife crisis, you might call it. But <laughs> I, I, um, uh, I got offered this job at the Times. I've been doing a bit of um, county cricket commentary with the BBC. I've been doing some freelance writing. And then the Times offered me a job uh, back in 2017. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've not been doing it um, that long. Uh, but yeah, it's been um, a whirlwind, obviously, because we had uh, 2019, which was a mad summer with the World Cup win and then that Ashes with the Ben Stokes uh, heading the test uh, and then two years of COVID um, yeah. and, and England being truly, really bad um, at test cricket. And, um, and now we've got this brave new era. Absolutely. Have you always loved cricket? I didn't always love cricket. No, um, uh, I started scoring when I was about my dad and my brother played um, uh, and uh, I started scoring when I was about 13, maybe 14 in Sheffield, Sheffield Collegiate, um, because you got a nice little crisp. I think it was only a fiver back then. But when you were 13, that was quite, you know, quite a lot of money for sticking dots in a book. Um, and then you start to kind of you don't really get any choice with cricket, do you? It's like the osmosis into you, really, and becomes your kind of the rhythm of your summer, um, you know, every Saturday. That's what you do. And in Yorkshire, obviously, the women made the tease or did the scoring. You know, I'm quite old. The, the women did the tease or made, the, you know, did the tease or did the scoring. I didn't know women played cricket. I went to an all-girls school and yeah. we did tennis and athletics and hockey and netball. Um, so I didn't know that women played cricket. And I'm not sure I ever saw women play cricket until I was about 25. Um, and that's what you did in Yorkshire. That's what the women did. And, you know, we ran the raffle and um, uh, did the ladies committee and did the fundraising and all of that. Yeah. Um, but you know I eventually over time started to just love it and the nuances and uh, uh, uh and all of that I mean mostly I was about club cricket and I sort of still am in a sense you know that's club cricket's kind of where it's at it's what it's what, what cricket's all about it's the kind of lifeblood of the sport really is is club cricket um and I think sometimes we forget that so um uh, but yeah but now obviously I do this which is a, a real privilege and a real honor and I cover international cricket women's cricket domestic cricket Brilliant. um you know all of that that is fantastic and how, how um you mentioned you did a bit of bbc reporting was it that the commentary yeah was... i did some of the bbc commentary yeah 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 where was uh, where was um who was that for uh oh I, I mean i just worked for bbc so they just sent me to all the grounds um all counts championship games really um uh i did that for about four years sort of fitted it in around my day job which was all a bit logistically complicated oh. but um yeah, that was great. And, I, I, you know, one of the joys of this job really is is spotting young players when they first start their first class career. Um, I watched Joffre Archer's first first class game, which was a tall match against Pakistan. And there must have been, I don't know, 20 people in the ground. It wasn't a very warm day. And in he piles down the hill at Hove and ripped through Pakistan's top order, which was a decent, you know, 
top string, uh, 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 top order. And I thought, wow, well, who's this bloke? Um, uh, so, and then, you, you know, you kind of see them and you, you chart them. You know, Matt, Matt Potts, I saw Matt Potts today at Lord's. Uh, and I've sort of kept an eye on his career from, you know, he's only 23, but, you know, the last three years or something. And now he's there in an England tracksuit. Uh, and it's a real, it's a really nice bit of the job. Amazing. Have there been many of those you've got wrong, though, who've, who've fallen away, who you thought, oh, that looks like an absolute gem, because there's plenty of those in my fancy team. It's, uh, and mostly it's injury, um, you know, mm. that's, that's stuffed them, particularly the bowlers, you know, you, they, they're all so prone to, um, uh, to back stress fractures. Um, and I don't know whether that's because they're being picked up more or whether because they're playing so much cricket. There is so much cricket, it's nonsense. Um, or, and switching between formats uh, uh, and all of that. But, you know, you spot some young bowlers, you know, uh, and then they never they never get past the injuries and they can never, you know, mm. they never get string enough games together. You know, when was the last time Ollie Stone played cricket? Oh, I think mm. it might have been. I mean, they played that one test match, didn't they, in 2019 against Ireland. That's He's not going to play any test cricket this summer. You know, the years tick by, don't they? And you think mm. this bloke who's so, you know, promising. Yeah. Before you know it, he's too old. But a guy, a guy that we, we as some very, someone very similar to that is that we, well, I've been talking about quite a lot on the podcast is Toby Rowland Jones. I mean, he yeah. did so well for England, didn't he, early on? And then he got injured and injured and now he's back. And he's, too, he's doing so well in the county championship. He's just too old now, you'd say, isn't he? I think. He's too old and probably too English, as it were. Um, although, you know, if there's an injury, the, the injury list is so long that yeah. um, he, he might be the next cab off the rank for, as a horses for courses selection. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, with the best, I, I'm a big fan of Timber Rowan Jones, but it's no use to him in Pakistan in the winter, is he? No, exactly. um, uh, so, um, uh, but yeah, he, you know, he had a good test record and then he got that injury and he just hasn't been able to, to, to come back. Uh, and it's really unfortunate. Because a, a lot of young players, uh, uh, some of it I think might be because they are now getting counter contracts very young yeah. at 18. Before their body's fully developed, they're playing a lot of cricket before their body's fully developed. Although if you speak to Steve Palmerson, it says because they're not bowling enough because mm. they're managed to, you know, I don't think the medics have got a really firm view on this. Um, Mikey Holden so, was a big one for that as well, wasn't he? Saying, so yeah, bowl yeah. and bowl and bowl. That you get bowling fit by bowling rather than being in the gym yeah. or anything like that. But but I also think they're much more cautious about scans and uh, you know uh, uh, and 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 things get picked up. Yeah, really. You know, uh, you know, back in the day, I'm pretty sure that bowlers, you know, used to just bowl through pain and nobody had any idea that they got a fracture across the bottom of their back. That's true. But yeah, I mean, because actually, you think about it. I mean, Lizzie, the connection for the for the, for the listeners out there are that Lizzie is a member at Barnes, and so am I. And I think we have it that. I mean, she, you said it a while ago, didn't you? That someone, uh, a young lad, was on for a nine fur or a ten fur, and he couldn't he couldn't pick up his ten fur or something because of he was young and he could only bowl seven overs or something like that. Yeah, uh, it was a club game against our third team. A fourteen year old took uh, nine for two in his first six overs and had to be taken off. <laughs> couldn't get his ten. But you know, he's fourteen. He is at a stage of his life where his back is developing. That those rules are there to stop middle aged captains flogging him into the into the ground when your body's developing they're there for a reason it's just yeah I mean it, there is when you've got a young you know <laughs> play club cricket it's a real mixture isn't it of yeah of, of, of kids and old people um uh, you know and there's a real temptation isn't there if you've got a 14 year old who could keep going all day and bowl you 25 overs that you do that yeah. um but it's not good for them absolutely and how I mean 
covering the county championship what does that look like for a journalist Do you, is that a lot of miles around england up the m1 all that sort of stuff or can you cover it on youtube nowadays well now the streams are so good it's like mm. watching it on the television um i mean they're multi-cameras you know they're directed they are they you can put it on your telly via youtube and it just looks like you're watching normal telly yeah. um which means which is really helpful for journalists because we can't be at all all the matches you know there's no paper that sends someone to every every match it would just be too expensive yeah um we at the times tend to try and cover two or three matches around and then do a roundup of the rest yeah um for me, I don't get to as much county cricket as I would like because of England. Um, uh, you know, England never stops. And particularly the last couple of months, we have had yeah. post-Ashes resignations, post-Ashes sackings, captains resigned, coach got sacked. Uh, the ECB hasn't got a chairman, they haven't got a chief executive. You know, so it was yeah. for, we've been, we've been totally on England watch and what's happening under the new England era. Um, so I haven't got to as many matches as I would like in the early rounds, but for it, it's, it is a lot of miles uh, um, and it's a lot of, you know, kind of, um, it's, the county championship is lovely to cover. It's lovely, um, you know, it's very gentle pace and, uh, uh, and it's very intimate uh, and, uh, and you've got real access to the players, you know, they're just loitering around. Um, uh, so it's, a lo it's lovely to cover, but from a publication's point of view, it's expensive to send someone for four days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, do you find the there's a... came in for quite a bit of a stick over the course of the winter, um, the, the, the setup of it and how we're producing international cricket. What's, what's your take on the state of the championship, Lizzie, and whether it's fit for purpose? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I mean, I am a massive advocate of the 18 first class county system for a number of reasons. Um, I think it does produce, it continues to produce talent. I mean, it seems to me uh, from the last few years that actually the players get worse when they go to England. I don't quite know how it happens. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it's happened, but um, I, I think that the county championship has, uh, there are, there's a lot of benefit to having. We don't have the six big cities that India has or Australia has. Mm. Uh, and cricket fighting for attention in this country. You can't, you have to take cricket to the people. So it's no good saying let's have just six or eight counties. People are not going to go from, they're just not going to travel from North Hans to Nottingham. Uh, to go and watch it they're just not going to um, and equally if you're a 14 year old is your mum or dad going to drive you from Northampton to Nottingham to go to their academy three times a week I, I just don't think that's going to happen I think there is a lot that the ECB have done that has marginalised county cricket and and devalued the product um, it just hasn't invested in it it's pushed it out to the margins of the season you know you're playing basically in winter uh, how will ever produce another spinner again? I've no idea because they're not playing. The, they're just not playing when you would play a spinner. Yeah. Um, although that's been slightly different this year because the weather's been so good and because the pitch has been flatter. But, but you know, they've been playing on green seamers at the ends of the season. Back, you know, end of the season because there's so much white ball cricket and it got worse with the introduction of the hundred because yeah. you've then got a window right at the prime bit of the season where there is no red ball cricket. So no one can be in any form to get picked for the later tests yep. of the summer. Um, and you're not teaching batsmen 
to bat on into in 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 more international conditions. Uh, Mark Bush once said to me, you know, when he was playing, you would realise that early season you'd probably get some low scores because it was decking around, but you'd cash in later in the season because yeah. you'd be playing in July and August. The pitches would be flatter, you'd face more spin, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you you know you'd cash in then. But there's no opportunity for them to do that. Um, I mean, if you were gonna design a system, you wouldn't design it like this because you wouldn't design those 18 counties. And you know, why is there why aren't there any in East Anglia? And you know, why is there Notting Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire, Leicestershire, Northlands all on top of each other? Yeah. Well, 150 years of tradition has got to count for something. Not everything in count, not everything about county cricket is about England. Um, and I also don't believe you develop a game by having fewer people able to earn a living from it. Um, so uh, I, I'm a big fan of keeping 18 first class counties. I, I, I think there's quite a few things you could do with the structure. You've got to look at, you know, you've got to look at the schedules. Uh, at the moment, it's nuts. It is full on nuts. We start okay. in April and we have this, we play, we've finished half of county championship already and it feels like the season's just begun. Um, and now we're into this huge block of white ball. The 50 over competition, I don't even know what it is anymore. It's a second 11 competition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it just feels like the powers that be have not worked out at all a product that actually people do love. They may not be in the grounds watching because they're, they're at work or et cetera, et cetera. But you only have to look at the stream numbers and the hits on Crick Info and all of that to see that there is a huge... Yeah. following for county cricket and first class cricket um I mean, there are ways of uh, yeah one of the good things for the counties and they own their own media rights so they yeah. can do it like they can sell to facebook etc etc you know it does help them with their own sponsors because one of the problems we've got with the bloody hundred is that the number of blast games on the telly has now been reduced yeah the one day cup is not on the telly so as a county the shirt sponsorship and the board sponsorships around the grounds are worth much less now because they're not on the tally. Yeah. So they're having to find other ways of making that up. Uh, and some of that is obviously to do with the schedule and, and the ECB uh, uh, and all of that. But I think we're at a bit of a crossroads for county cricket at the moment. There's a great big review, as there always is after an Ashes loss, being done by Andrew Strauss, um, a high performance review, which I think will come up with some recommendations about how we restructure county cricket. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, who's, whose job is it then to restructure the seat, the new the, Tom Harrison's replacement? Uh, kind of. <laughs> As with the ECB, no, nothing's ever straightforward. Um, basically, they will put forward some recommendations at the end of the season that have to be voted on by the county chairman. The ECB's constitution is that um, any changes to domestic cricket have to have 12 out of the 18 first class counties vote in favour. So they can't just impose anything on the counties, which in a sense is sensible because otherwise they just, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have any county cricket anymore. Um, uh, so there's a review and then it'll be run through consultations and through the players and the PCA and this, that and the other. Um, and then there'll be some recommendations to be implemented for 2023. I, I don't quite know where we'll get to. I suspect we'll get to um, uh, perhaps a reduction in the blast, maybe a reduction in the number of first class games. I don't think we'll see the number of first class counties reduced because who's going to vote for that? And also, who are you, are you know, who's going up to a Leicestershire member saying, sorry, your county's not going to exist anymore? You know, it's just, it's, I just, history has to count for something. Yeah, absolutely.
the funny thing for me is that the ECB is effectively owned by the counties, isn't it? But under Harrison's tenure, and it's certainly the way things are going, the counties are getting pushed further and further outside of what seems to be the ECB's focus and, and their goals. And how, what power do the counties have? Perhaps a question for you is, you know what power the counties have over the ECB and the, the management of it to, to get it to work back working well, for them rather than working as a money machine? Because they made their board independent, so it stopped having anyone who knows about cricket on it. They say because Sport England made them do that. Now, uh, Sport England's governance code does not insist you have 100% independent directors, but there is no one on that board who is from cricket, certainly no one from county cricket. Um, there's one person, Lucy Pearson, who used to play cricket, women's cricket, way back before professionalism. Uh, I mean, she clearly knows about cricket, but not running a county, county cricket club. So that was one thing. So the board of directors who make all the decisions is all made up of independent people from various different sectors, none of them from cricket. Mm. Um, and then the 100 it was an absolute land grab because it was the ECB wanting to own, own a competition, own yeah. the teams, own the competition, own all the branding, get all the money. Now, it doesn't actually make any profit, and I'm not sure when it ever will make any profit, so I'm not, there's not really any money. Um, uh, but it's a land grab, basically, um, uh, because they, I think, were frustrated by the fact that, 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 that the counties basically could block a lot of moves and, and did, um, uh, did uh, oh, essentially the shareholders of the ECB, they are, you know, they are the shareholders. Um, uh, but because of those two things, um, the, they, the counties have been pushed out uh, and the game has never been more divided than it is now between the counties. Uh, and the governing body, they really do pretty much hate each other. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't say that, but they do. Um, <laughs> no, there really is no love lost between the counties uh, and the governing body. I mean, we see the blast at the moment is starting in May. It always started in late June or early July. Mm -hmm. The tickets aren't selling because it's in early May. The fixtures were released late. They weren't released till January. They're normally released in October. Yeah. Just all these little things are irritating the counties. All of the marketing that you see on social media or on the ECB website, they rarely mention county cricket, yeah. but you are bombarded with stuff about the 100. Um, so the game is really divided, but I think we will be getting a new chairman or chairwoman, uh, it will be a man though, um, uh, by the end of July, um, I think. And it looks very much like that will have to be someone from inside the game. Things can't carry on as, as divided as they are because the counties will, I think, anymore, if they're pushed any further, they'll just say, sod it, we're going to run our own game. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right about that. I didn't even, it didn't really cross my mind until literally just now that, you know, Middlesex, have to play their 2020 games at Radlett at the moment, aren't they? Because if they can't play them at Lords because of the Test match, so play at Lords because of the Test match, um, and uh, I mean that's not unusual. That's been you know the case for Middlesex for for not this many games in a row at Radlett, really. Um, um, they, I mean each each Test match round has a two week window yeah. before before um, a Test match to get the pitch ready uh, and all of that, but it's. Um, so yeah, it, it it is really difficult for counties, and and people haven't cottoned on to cricket yet. The football season has literally just finished, doesn't yeah. it? The people haven't quite worked out that it's cricket season to buy tickets and go to to go to go to cricket. So 
there's lots of things that the counties are just like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> um, you're making, you know, you're basically trying to deliberately undermine a competition that isn't yours and putting all of your investment, all of your money, all of your substantial number of people at Lords into the competition that you own rather than the one that you don't directly own. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And just um, whilst we have you for maybe what, two, three, four, five minutes, do you, Going back to sort of the actual county championship and, and who, my, my question would be, who, are you happy with the selection in terms of representation of the county championship in the England eleven, Or do you think there are some people who are unlucky to miss out or lucky to get selected? Selection such a difficult art because it isn't just county form yeah. that, that you go on. Um, uh, and uh, But equally, there has to be some incentive for performing at first class level. You know, otherwise these guys are going, well, then, you know, why, why, why do I bother? Why do I bother running 25 overs into the wind? Why don't I just go and take a little T20 contract and just not bother with the Red Bull? And we don't want to be in that situation. Um, I, I mean, I think there are two good picks in this squad in terms of informed players, Harry Brook and Matt Potts. You know, they were the leading week taker. Harry Brook's in the most ridiculous purple patch. So that does show that you do get some reward for, for performing in county cricket. But equally there is much more to being a test player than simply your county first-class stats. And, and that's about temperament and mentality and, and your ceiling, you know, that what they try and identify. And they're, they're not bad at it uh, in terms of, uh, of, 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 there's so many scouts now and, you know, uh, uh, and they can watch every last ball and, every, you know, it, it's not bad, but they've got to try and work out. And it's not a precise art, is it? What the ceiling of a player is. So, you know, people like, Marcus Jaskothic and Michael Vaughan, they didn't have great first-class records, but they were great international players. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not an easy art. And I do think they get more right than they get wrong. But there are some things, some players you kind of go, mm. they do make some, they do make some odd calls, but I suspect we all would if we were on a selection panel. <laughs> Absolutely. And I suppose with the results that have that have come in the last three years with the top order you you've sort of shuffled the deck enough times you keep you keep trying something different yeah yeah I guess so it's um it, it's it, 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 I mean I just fear that maybe by Thursday lunchtime England are going to be 30 for three and people are going to go this isn't a brave new world this is the same as before <laughs> yeah so that's how we go into most test matches these days <laughs> well quite yeah, if you're on this group, that would bite your hand off for thirty for three, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's progress. I mean, it's not it's not easy. Um, it's not easy to it's not easy to be an opening batsman, uh, you know, uh, uh, in England. Um, uh, but I think what we what what McCullum's real philosophy is is working out how you take the pressure off them. Um, I think there's a lot of fear in an England team, there's a lot of fear of mm. failure. You get a lot of scrutiny um, and their techniques are analysed to death. Um, and, 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 you know, they've come in, most of them have come into the side, not with great, enormous, you know, they're averaging 30 in first class cricket, or, you know, 32 or something in first class cricket. This is not, you know, years and years and years of averaging 50 a season. Yeah. So it, it's difficult for, for top order batsmen against, you know, against a juice ball under cloudy skies at Lords. It's never, I mean, facing Tim Southey on Thursday, if it's cloudy at Lords and the juke ball swinging around corners. That's true. 
Well, Lizzie, thank you. We won't keep you too much longer. Thank you so much for, for, for doing this for us and being here. You're very welcome. Um, and are you, are you at the test match for the next five I am, I am, yeah, back there tomorrow, Tuesday for Stuart Broad. We're interviewing tomorrow. We do media in the three days build up to, uh, to the start of the test on Thursday. Brilliant. And then you're in the media centre and obviously back at Barnes CC on Saturday. Well, I don't know. <laughs> On CC on Saturday, I might be at Lords. How was Saturday night's um, chilly night? Oh, it was good, it was good. I mean, I didn't watch the football, but everybody seemed to enjoy the chilly. Brilliant, that's the main thing. Brilliant, well, we'll let you go and get your article out, but thank you yeah. so much for joining. Lovely to see you guys. Take thank care. you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. There we go, Lizzie's off. How did we find that, guys? I thought that was very interesting. Um, the question I had scribbled down but didn't quite get a chance due to time constraints to ask was, does Lizzie think English cricket is in a better or worse state than in either 99 or 2000 when Nasser Hussain got booed at the Oval? And Howard, you were probably there booing him, knowing you. But, um, <laughs> you know, well, are we, have we gone backwards 22 years or are we still in a better place than we were then would be my big question. I would actually that I would say maybe is cricket generally as a sport maybe maybe we're we're I think it's in a worse place generally but do you think so I think it's a more marketable product that's more interesting to young people there's really exciting cool. yeah the game's not, evolved doesn't it yeah not all changed bad you know just I mean you're just talking about county cricket and maybe the England team but you know there's also plenty of positives outside of that and there's plenty of teams that actually have performed where England went through a bit of a lull, let's put it that way, uh, where the others just did better until 2019, but then in a different format. So, you know, yeah. I think it's bad. Chef, you would have agreed with Lizzie on a few of those points. Of oh, yeah, definitely. I think she had some really valid points. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was quite interesting when, obviously, we're talking about ECP quite a bit, where there's a discussion ongoing at the moment where, obviously, the commercial side of things uh, versus being a regulator, so where the, the counties really have a say in how the sport is run. Yeah, obviously that's not as clear anymore or not as clear as it maybe should be yep. uh, to, to keep that balance and, and to get it right. And I think it's not said that either party's done something particularly wrong or right, but um, yeah, I think there's definitely something there uh, with the, the shorter formats being uh, focused on from a commercial perspective that there's um, a bit more focus on the regulating side as well. Do you uh, find yeah. you two being Surrey members, you know, and Hugh and I are MCC members and watch a lot of, obviously we watch a lot of county cricket, but do you guys, would you agree with, with Lizzie's assessment of sort of county cricket and how the ECB and maybe county cricket isn't quite synced up as much as it could be? Uh, whether it's synced up, I mean, yeah, it was very interesting the, the point that Lizzie made about the um, the board representatives and none of them having a cricket background, which I, I hadn't appreciated. And it is, uh, again, this, this fact that the governing body is supposed to be owned by and run for the counties. And there seems to be this huge disconnect between the directions that the, um, the people at the top of the game and its stakeholders want to go in. And that is a, um, a divergence in path that I think needs to come together. And that's the point that, that I'll take away from, from Lizzie is that I think we might see that under the next head of the ECB, something has to, to happen to bring those, those two parties more into line and have a, have a, a greater pull in, in one direction in the same direction.
Yeah, I see. I find it really interesting, actually, how she said no, you know, no publication can really afford to send that many reporters to to the county championship just because it isn't. No one's that interested in the print. You know, it's it's it does seem as though, like we she said, it is a more of a marketable product at the moment. Maybe the Red Bull game in England needs well probably all over the world needs addressing I think and I, I do think there are opportunities she's talking incredible we don't even think about that do we the shirt sponsor it's you know it's not mm-hmm. even a, it, it, they're actually doing the counties down now or, or some of it is because of the fact that they can't get as much money as they used to be able to because of the tv rights and everything like that so it is it is really interesting and it's sort of she brought insights that actually you don't really think about which is really incredible I, I, the only thing I would add is I, I think in terms of it being marketable at the end of the day uh, and obviously I'm more talking from Surrey's perspective and it, it may not be the same everywhere else, but, um, you know, the short format is where essentially they make the money by the people coming through the gates. And, uh, and no matter how many people are watching it on YouTube and you make a bit of money off um, any ads on uh, in and around YouTube uh, um, broadcasting, yeah. you, that's not going to make up for what people spend uh, inside the grounds so and, and on tickets and memberships and everything else so you know there's definitely a lifeline there with a shorter format uh, that is more relevant to counties than the county cricket from a commercial perspective going back in terms of roots and, and where cricket comes from and, and what the, the core product is and everything else uh, yes obviously there's very much a case for it at four day cricket but yeah, you can't invest in it as much as you can invest in other parts simply because the returns are not that great. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that's actually what I think that's it. I think the point is trying to make county cricket, trying to make championship cricket more of a product in that respect is probably, can they can they basically find a way to monetize different media avenues that are more popular than bums on seats is an interesting one. Guys, I think we've had a good episode there. I think we'll probably wrap it up. Um, and thank Lizzie again for coming on. And um, yeah, we'll be trying to get more guests on, on the pod. So listeners, send in who your favourite guests will be. Um, anyway, you've been listening to Bad, uh, Badger Watch, an unspun cricket production. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll speak and talk to you listen soon.